If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. Welcome to the Autism Wellbeing Plan, the podcast where you learn how to use advanced functional lab testing, healthy diet and smart supplementation to improve your child's health, well-being and quality of life, and by extension, your own quality of life. Please remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only and always consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing anything discussed here. Now, here's your host and author of the book, Autism Wellbeing Plan, How to Get Your Child Healthy. Christian Yordanoff. In this episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about the kind of the bigger picture of the health challenges that autistic children commonly experience. I did a, an episode on this very early when I started the podcast in episode three. But, you know, now that I have a better microphone, I'm a little bit better at presenting my ideas to you. I figured it's a good time to kind of reevaluate a few concepts and a few kind of hidden health problems that autistic children experience and just kind of give you more of a of a bigger picture view of why, you know, I recommend these lab tests, why we we have to use tools like um, a healthy organic diet, why we use things like the gluten-free, casein-free diet, why nutrient supplementation is so important, and so on. So the first idea I really want to get across to you, right, is I've been thinking a little bit more about this lately. Um, it is what we have to understand or what we really have to kind of acknowledge is that, first of all, the body is a complex system, a very, very, very unimaginably complex system, right? At the same time, the health challenges that autistic children often present with pose 
a complex problem. So now, on the one hand, we have an unimaginably complex system. And on the other, we have a very complex problem. So what does that mean? What that means is we need a sophisticated approach when it comes to addressing this complex problem, right? So what that means is you can't do one test and not no single test will ever be good enough to identify the various health challenges, imbalances, right? You can't just take one supplement. You can't just change one variable because in a complex system, sure, you, if you change one thing, it will have knock-on effects in the various different departments and compartments and elements and aspects of the system. But it's highly unlikely that you're going to affect a meaningful change on that system, right? So simple example, you cannot, to survive and thrive, a human being cannot simply take one vitamin or one mineral or one amino acid or one macronutrient. You can't just survive on fat or protein. You can't just survive on carbs. You can't just take zinc or uh, vitamin B3, for example. You need a, a complex diverse range of nutrients, right? And, uh, and it's not just nutrients, you need air, you know, you need to uh, restore energy, you need, uh, uh, you know, sleep, obviously sleep and rest. So there's many factors that contribute to the overall state of health or real health in a person, right? So this is something I really, really want to convey to you, right? Why you know, because a lot of people, they they might look at the book, they might read the book, but it, f from some people that I've spoken to that, you know, said they've read the book, it seems that they either read it from, from start to finish without doing anything, or they skim read it, or they, you know, they didn't really, this isn't, my book isn't the kind of book that you just read from start to finish, like a, like a novel and put it down. You actually have to implement the things inside. And what I think a lot of people um, at, at first may see a lot of different recommendations and, and, you know, a lot of supplements and a lot of kind of do's and don'ts, right, when it comes to improving their child's health. And they're a little bit, they can be a little bit overwhelmed. But... Again, this goes back to we are dealing, in most cases, with a complex problem. The autistic children, uh, more often than not, have a diverse range of health issues. And that is the complex problem we are trying to address here, right? It's not, the problem isn't the autism, you understand me? Nobody's, there's nothing wrong with with someone being autistic, right? But I believe there's plenty wrong with allowing millions of children to go to sit around, go around with these health problems that they're suffering from, right? I think that's the real, you know, travesty and the 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 huge um, letdown of the medical system. 
of 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 these families and children right that that is the problem that we're trying to solve is that these children have often hidden health problems that are not only contributing to a poor quality of life for them and even their family but may also even be contributing to the autistic symptoms and to uh, you know, a range of other health problems, right? So th- this is this is a complex problem we are trying to have an effect upon. We might not be able to fully solve it. In some cases, it's it's way complex, right? But we can have a meaningful impact on it, right? So this is I, 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 this is something that I've kind of been thinking about the last few weeks. How how do I frame the recommendations in my book and in, in on the podcast? How do we frame it so that people can simply understand, okay, I get it. It's not just a, a bunch of different things about diet and sleep and, and testing and supplements and so on. There's a, there's a method, there's an intention behind all of these um, different recommendations, right? So I guess that's, that, that, that's what, the, that, uh, for me, this is the problem, I guess, for, uh, that I'm trying to solve is how do I communicate what's in my head better to, to, to you, right? Because it just does not seem like a many, I'm not saying everyone, but a, a certain subset of, of people just don't seem to get it. They don't seem to understand why their child needs, you know, 10, 15 supplements and why their child needs to eat only organic food and so on, right? So this is kind of the, the problem I'm grappling with, right? But so w- what, with this episode, I'm just going to once again cover the most common often and often hidden health challenges that autistic children experience, right? So we, we'll start with the big one, one of the most common ones, that is the um, gut dysfunction, gut pathogens, and uh, related matters. So we know that Autistic children very often have yeast overgrowth like Candida. Uh, Clostridia, the Clostridia family of bacteria are often overrepresented in autistic children. We know that uh, these, some of these Clostridia species produce certain metabolic byproducts that can enter the central nervous system, the brain. They can affect uh, biochemistry there. They can affect mood, behavior, and so on. So the big one is that those couple of compounds called 4-creosol and HPHPA that can inactivate the enzyme dopamine beta-hydroxylase, which can lead to a buildup of dopamine in the central nervous system and brain and um, not enough norepinephrine or also known as noradrenaline in Europe. So that's just one little example of how these Clostridia species can contribute to to the various health challenges that a, a, an autistic child could experience. Um, we also, there's some recent research on mold and mycotoxins, or so the, the mold toxins that they, they produce, mycotoxins. There is already evidence that a significant subset of autistic children may have issues with mold and mycotoxins, right? So, so gut dysfunction is a hugely overrepresented health issue in autistic children. So many suffer from constipation, um, you know, many suffer from um, indigestion, bloating, things like that. So the the, the reason, of course, I, I mentioned this first is because gut 
function, as you probably know, will affect most other areas of the body, including the brain, including behavior, mood, uh, the immune system, and so on. So this is this is a huge one, and I stress the importance of this being one of the first areas that parents start investigating in their own child, right? So in a way, what's closely related to this is the other large um, and often present uh, issue in autistic children is that of immune system dysregulation. So this can often manifest as an overactive immune system where certain inflammatory compounds are produced in excess and certain anti-inflammatory compounds um, are there's not, there's not enough of them being produced, right? So this leads and leads to an imbalance, right? So uh, the the reason this is related to gut dysfunction is because some seventy or so percent of the immune cells are located in the gut. So if you have gut dysfunction, it it will often lead to complications and irregularities with the immune system. Um, so this is another huge area where there's been a lot of research done and a lot more needs to be done, of course. But we know that ma many factors can contribute to immune system dysregulation in autistic children. Some of them we don't have control over. Some of them we do have control over. So it's important to focus on the ones that you do have control over and do something about them. And some of these include obviously gut dysfunction that's that's one huge aspect of it but also things like infl inflammation heavy metals and toxic chemicals and um uh, f food allergies food sensitivities and and you know that's another pretty big um uh, cause of immune system activation and subsequently dysregulation right so so there's definitely things you can you can do and investigate and and augment in your child's uh, life that can have a meaningful positive impact on their immune system uh, the, their gut function and overall health and from that uh, those benefits can um, include imp improved learning you know uh, better sleep behavioral changes positive behavior changes, you know, reduced, for example, reduced aggression, reduced irritability, reduced self-injurious behavior and things like that, right? Then the, there's a very large, the very large topic of the nutritional and metabolic imbalances in autistic children. So in chapter four of my book, first of all, I discuss the importance of nutrient supplementation uh, which I will cover in the next episode once again. But I also discuss some some research on food intake in autistic children. And from the research done in various places around the world, USA, Europe, Asia, we know that autistic children's diets are generally missing many um, vital nutrients, right? So you know, be, be, due to, you know, gut dysfunction, due to uh, many autistic children being 
picky eaters, selective eaters, uh, you know, having self-selected diets, eating relatively few foods, uh, you know, having sensory issues and, you know, not being able to eat certain foods. So uh, nutrient deficiencies and dietary nutrient inadequacies are very common. And we also know that the zinc and copper imbalance, which I talk about a lot, is one of the most common nutrient imbalances in aut autistic children. Some, I believe, 80 to 90% at least of autistic children exhibit a zinc and copper imbalance where the zinc is low and the copper is um, high. Then other research has shown that many autistic ch children are low on vitamin D. Again, research has been done in the Middle East, uh, the US, uh, North America, um, Asia. So it, it seems to be a very prevalent deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, and not just in autistic people. Uh, in fact, it's just a very prevalent um, deficiency in most people, right? Then I, uh, I, there's a couple of studies I cite in my book on iron deficiency. So these were done in North America. So certain, uh, uh, you know, a, sm a fairly small subsection uh, is, is likely affected, especially children under five. But this is just another thing that you need to test for. It's a cheap and easy test to, to, to run to see if your child is iron deficient, especially if, if they're under the age of five. All the more reason to run this test because it's, it's a cheap, easy way to find something that you can improve in your child's health and metabolism and body, which can only have good good effects, right? Then another big one is that of mitochondrial dysfunction. Now, I've, I've done a recent, a fairly recent episode on that, but I will re-record it with this new mic. Um, mitochondrial dysfunction is a very prevalent uh, or a fairly prevalent um, disorder in autistic children. And because the mitochondria is what is responsible for creating most of the energy in our bodies, in our cells, what having mitochondrial dysfunction can cause a lot of other downstream problems in the body in areas where there's a high energy demand. So the, the, the most high energy demanding cells of the body are those of the muscles, the brain, and the gut. So if you have mitochondrial dysfunction, those are very likely to be affected first. So uh, brain function, cognitive function, gut function, and um, uh, things like fatigue or just kind of general weakness, these kind of things, right? And we know that I, I, the reason I, I, I mentioned this is a, an important area is this is where, for example, when, when your practitioner recommends B vitamins, right? Selenium, antioxidants, uh, acetyl-L-carnitine, right? These nutrients, when they make those recommendations, there's a lot of other benefits to, to those nutrients, but a particular benefit is that they support mitochondrial function, right? So, you know, it, B vitamins, for example, they're not, you're not giving them to your child just because it's important to take B vitamins. You're directly having an effect on something in their body that we know is, you know, a common issue with, with autistic children. So you're having an effect 
whether or not we have data in terms of lab tests, whether it's an issue or not, you're having a positive effect on your child's mitochondria by adding those supplements, right? And what that does is it, if we think of the body as a complex system, again, with many um, kind of interconnections and dependencies and so on, you're having a positive impact on one part of the system, the mitochondria, that will have a positive effect on many other systems in the body. So gut function, the immune system, brain function, cognitive function, uh, energy, just general energy to, to be a child, to play and learn and have, you know, have fun and, and just, you know, just to, to live their life, right? So quality of life. So, so these relatively few things, you know, B vitamins, antioxidant minerals, other minerals, uh, antioxidants, uh, amino acids that support glutathione and antioxidant production. These can have tremendous impact at the systemic level of your child's body, right? So we're not just doing this because someone said we need to take B vitamins or their essential B vitamins. These are things that will have systemic positive effects in your child's body, right? So this is where, um, you know, thinking of the body as a complex system and of the various ways we can modulate this complex system is so important. Other health issues commonly um, reported in autistic children include, for example, carnitine deficiency. Now, carnitine is used in the mitochondria uh, uh, or it, it's used to, to, to get fatty acids into the mitochondria where they can be burned for energy. So this is again where, you know, supporting the mitochondria with carnitine and, and these nutrients can have meaningful, uh, health benefits, right? There's glutathione. Uh, we know that many children exhibit markers for low glutathione, which is the kind of the master antioxidant in the cell in our cells. Um, on the converse of that, many autistic children have the uh, elevated oxidative stress markers. And these often go hand in hand with low glutathione status because glutathione is one of the antioxidants that helps to ameliorate oxidative stress, right? So uh, oxidative stress is another um, important and common issue in, in autistic children. And this is where things like recommendations such as re- eating only organic foods, um, reducing toxic exposures and things like that, these will have a meaningful I- impact um, because those, uh, uh, you know, the pesticides and the heavy metals and the, the chemical toxins in the environment and in, in the food, um, they they can increase oxidative stress, they can deplete antioxidants, right? So by removing those factors and supporting uh, glutathione production and, and giving your child antioxidants and so on, you are, you are affecting the system from different angles or different kind of entry points. And these will all have a positive impact on each other. Because let's think about it this way, you can you can reduce all the toxic exposures in your child's diet and environment, but you still have the issue of, um, you know, you need to support uh, the building, give them the building blocks of these antioxidants and so on, right? So 
if you don't add that part, they, they, they still may not have enough of these antioxidants and nutrients to go around to, you know, build and repair and ameliorate just the normal oxidative levels in the body that are just a byproduct of our, of our metabolism. On the other hand, you can do nothing about cleaning up the diet and the environment. You can just pump your child full of antioxidants and, and supplements. And that's obviously not the optimal thing to do because they will just get eaten up, you know, as it were, by by the oxidative stress caused by the the pesticides and the heavy metals in the environment and the chemical toxins and so on, right? So the, by doing both or all three, you know, or, or five things, you are, all the entry points into the system, you're improving those, right? So this is where the, the the complex or sophisticated approach that I talk about and I recommend in my book and, and on the podcast. And this is where it shines is because we are positively modulating many aspects of this complex system that is the human body, right? Other health problems that I discuss in my book include um, excitotoxicity, excess glutamate, impaired methylation. So these are kind of more low level, deeper into the cell type um, issues. Uh, I, w- I won't really cover them in, in much more depth. I want to keep this episode relatively short. And then finally, in chapter five, I discussed the issue of heavy metal and chemical toxicity. So this is another area where I think a lot of people are still either either in denial or just simply are not aware of, of, of this issue, I, th- you, you have to understand that you will not find one person on the planet, first of all, that does not have heavy metals in their body and their body's not constantly, you know, ingesting and excreting, trying to excrete as much as possible these heavy metals, right? The issue with autistic children is often, more often than not, an, a reduced capacity to excrete the heavy metals more so than actual increased exposure. In certain cases, both are an issue. So increased exposure to heavy metals and reduced ability to detoxify them. But I, I would say the, on, on average, most children just have a reduced ability to excrete the, um, the heavy metals, right? And we know that heavy metals have been correlated with autism severity and a ton of other health problems. Everything from thyroid issues to cancer to um, Alzheimer's disease to, oh God, like the, the list is endless of the health problems that increased toxic exposures or inability to deal with them um, can cause, right? Then there's the, the relatively newer emerging area of chemical toxicity, and there's not much research yet being done, but the what little research has been done has definitely shown that things like phthalates, um, bisphenol A or BPA, flame retardants, which are used in kids' pajamas, a lot of kids' clothing, in couches, in car seats, um, you know, carpets, ton of ton of house, household products, they have been implicated in autism. And then, um, you know, there's... The, there's other things like formaldehyde, glutaraldehyde. So a, a lot of plastic and industrial products and, and things that use like resins, glues, and so on, they just 
when you when you bring something like that into your house, like for example, this chair behind me, um, when I was assembling it, it just reeked when I when I opened the the box, it just reeked of horrible smelling glues and and um, you know this fake leather stuff, and it was just disgusting. I unfortunately had no choice. I did what I could. I wiped it down. I aired it out, but not for as long as I would have liked. I would have liked to have this thing out on the balcony for, I don't know, maybe two months before I started using it. Um, I just covered, I covered it with a towel so so my skin isn't in in contact with it. And uh, uh, yeah, so so this is what we're doing on a constant basis with you know um, uh, new mattresses new couches new carpets that kids can play on new toys and they're they're full of stuff that should shouldn't be anywhere near our bodies you know chemicals that are you know 10 20 30 40 50 years old in terms of our evolutionary development that we have never seen before and our bodies are almost like what do i do with this right so it at least with heavy metals uh the uh, we've always been exposed to heavy metals. So we have our pathways to detoxify them when they're working well and we supply the nutrients, we can do, you know, we can deal with those loads, even though they're much greater nowadays, but with these chemical toxins, the body is almost like, what is this? So it's a big problem. There'll be much more research coming out in the coming years and more and more people will, um, be, become aware of this problem you are at an advantage that you are already aware of this, right? With my book and the podcast and all the other resources, I'm I'm sure that's on many people's radar. Um, So these are the, some of the most common and often hidden health challenges that autistic children experience, right? And we need to, we need to be aware of them. That's the first step in order to do something about them. And as I am going to reiterate here is we need a sophisticated approach to identifying and addressing these factors in autistic children because there is no other way. You cannot add one nutrient, one supplement, uh, uh, you know, just change the diet um, and expect meaningful results right so th- this is the the most important thing i kind of want to convey with this with this episode so it's not i'm not just giving you my opinion here right i am all of this is based on hundreds of studies being uh, you know read and reviewed and 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 analyzed and uh the data is there that we know for a fact that these health challenges are common in autistic children, right? And they're not necessarily easy to, to you know, mitochondrial dysfunction is not an easy thing to um, to deal with, you know, because you need, again, a multi-pronged approach, right? Immune system dysfunction is not, it's not always uh, a simple matter to to address. So it, it these things can take months, they can take years, they, need, they will take a lot of diligence, they'll take investment in terms of time, in terms of money, working with a practitioner, uh, buying the supplements, uh, you know, buying that kind of organic food and, and so on. And in some cases, you know, you need to 
throw certain items that you own that your child is closely exposed to. In some cases, those need to be thrown out and healthier options need to be kind of, uh, or less harmful uh, materials need to be brought in, you know. So it's a, com again, it's a complex problem, but there are, there are answers out there. The important thing is education and action, right? So obviously uh, that's all we'll cover for today. I will talk more about the action side of things in the coming episodes, but um, I hope this kind of gives you more of a 30,000 foot overview of what potential health challenges your child might be experiencing, why we recommend so many different tests, you know, urine tests and poop tests and hair tests and blood tests and um, uh, food sensitivities tests and so on. Why is it all important to do? Because what I've noticed, right, is some families, they will say, okay, we'll run one test and we find something on the test. And then, okay, well, let's run this other test. And then we find something on that other test. And then well, let's run another test. Oh, something on this test too. And it, I wish, I wish that everybody wishes we could have all done all of this at the start, gotten all this data at the start and saved months, months, literally sometimes more than a years where the, those um, health challenges, imbalances have not been identified, right? So think about it this way. If, if you can run a test every three months, a different test and identify something and improve it in your child's body, is that better? Or if you run the five tests or so that I recommend at the start of the program and finding each test, finding one or two little things, relatively little things that you can improve. What do you think will have the better outcome for your child and, your, and you and your family? Getting all the data at the start and doing something about it or getting it in dribs and drabs, right? So I hope that kind of illustrates the importance of, of you know, running. And, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people think that this is all super expensive because, you know, a lot of functional practitioners uh, have been known to, you know, run $3,000, $5,000 worth of tests on, on clients or patients in when they're doctors. And um, that's just not the case, right? Anymore. We know, we know what to do with a minimum amount of testing. So uh, a hair test, some blood testing, uh, organic acids testing, poop test, and a food sensitivities test, right? That's all you really need to get the bulk of the important data that will help you, you know, improve your child's health. In certain cases, more complex cases, you might want to do uh, testing for autoimmune antibodies. Um, you might want to do chemical toxicity testing. You might want to do urine challenge testing for heavy metals, but those are much more, um, those are less common, let's say. They're not the rule, the, they're exception rather than the rule. So with for a few hundred dollars, you can run a lot of tests, get, you know, quite a number of tests, get a lot of data that will be immediately actionable, right? So this is, and, and, and here's the thing, without it, you can still do stuff, but you, you would then just be following a very 
say vanilla protocol you know you might want to do you might do the the core five supplements i talk about maybe a couple more um uh, improving the diet reducing toxic exposure so you will get a lot of benefit if you do that if, if you if you know if you just do those things as well but you will never unfortunately uh get to the actual um individual health challenges that could be afflicting your child right so you could waste a lot a long a lot of time um you know pursuing one avenue but a, to- a test could have told you oh no this is what you need to focus on right so i guess that's that's kind of going to be it for today i hope that you got some value out of this episode and i hope to see you on the next one thank you for listening Please help us to spread this vital information by rating the podcast on iTunes and sharing it with others who may find the information useful. For further content and resources, go to christianjordanoff.com. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the book Autism Wellbeing Plan today, available on Amazon.